But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. The best is yet to come. And Hollywood, Disney, etc. have always been the number one child grooming agents in the entire world. Houston, we have a problem. We uh, destroyed that technology. People should not be walking around with masks. That stuff is flat. There's your flu. Last year. Here's your flu this year. Literally doesn't All right, exist. ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hibbler Effect. Today on the show is a living legend. I know you've seen him before. Even if you see the name and you go, eh, do I know? Who is it? You know exactly who the fuck this guy is. Toronto's own Chris Sky. Welcome to the Hibbler Effect, brother. How are you, man? I'm happy to be here. I'm, yeah, man, I'm doing well. I just wanted to congratulate you on such a, a an amazing journey um, of waking people the fuck up and uh, turning their heads and going, you know what? There is something going on. Let me listen to this guy. And now you're running for mayor of fucking Toronto, bro. Like, wow. Can you explain just in your own words, this journey? Um, I know it's a long one. And I know you've probably been asked this a hundred thousand times, but I want it out of your own mouth, man. I want my audience to hear your this journey because I, I go back and look at some of the videos when you started uh, to get viral and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy's been through a lot of shit. Well, it, I just was a guy that was in business. I was in residential developed design planning and building for the last 20 years. So I had a unique position, I guess you should say, because I was in the private sector, but I had to work with every level of the government in the public sector in order to do my business. Yeah. So I communication became a facet of my life. I had to work with all the different types of public sector workers, all the different types of private sector workers, business owners, all the way down to customers, to tradesmen. So I literally just got used to dealing with people and I got used to solving problems and I got used to getting things done faster than typically are supposed to be done. So I worked on an efficient platform and that's just how our business was. We were a very small, tight ship and we were successful for many, oh, a couple of decades. And then COVID happened. And right away, I happened. I was in a unique position once again because I was on vacation with my wife for her birthday, and we were in Venice, right as the pandemic hit Venice. Literally, as we got off the airplane, the sirens started at the airport, and they canceled Carnival for the first time in history, and Venice became the epicenter of the pandemic. So I don't know if it was fate or whatever, but we were literally in the middle of it, through thick and thin, right from the beginning. So we got to live through uh, the, the pandemic in Italy, and we escaped Venice right before they locked Venice down, and we went to Florence. And then we escaped Italy altogether right before they locked Italy down, and we spent a little bit of time in Netherlands and France before coming back March 2nd, I believe it was, 2020, to, to Toronto. And we immediately started sounding the alarm that, they're going to bring this stuff over here. It already started in China. We were just in Europe and they started locking down Europe. So they're going to lock us down over here. Get ready. And people thought we were crazy. People thought it was nuts. And then sure enough, they announced the lockdown. Like I think it was March 16th and they told everybody to close their business for two weeks. Before that two weeks was even up, I was already creating my first nonprofit and it was called back to work. And it was designed to inform people how to go around the guidelines and around the restrictions so they can st still remain getting a revenue or at least not having to pay their rent so they wouldn't lose their business, wouldn't lose their homes, wouldn't destroy their family. And that was in March 2020. And I made a video that was over an hour long, and I made a video of all the economic consequences we were going to suffer in the pandemic. And it started with the destruction of the small business sector, which, by the way, represents over 97% of all the businesses in Canada and over 70% of all the jobs in all of Canada. And throughout that pandemic, we lost over 30% of those businesses. And some of those businesses had been in, in business for generations, not for years generations like a hundred years in some cases these businesses flourish so the government was the number one killer of business and that had nothing to do with covid that was all government policy then the government with their their policies with the old age homes and the vaccinations is the number one cause of death they just put out some ridiculous report the other day stating that if they didn't do what they did the deaths would have been 20 times higher oh really 
Oh, really? So how did a country like Haiti that had no pandemic response, no mandates of masks or jabs, 11.4 million people on a tiny island that has the worst healthcare system in the Western Hemisphere, as well as the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, yet they only had 950 COVID deaths when we had 50,000? How is that report? Wait, reportedly that allegedly that's the number. But yeah, continue. Everything was a COVID death at that point. You got hit, but they literally had a man who got hit on a motorcycle, died in the motorcycle accident. But because he had tested positive for COVID the day before, they classified him as a COVID death. That's what they did in the United States and Canada. Virtually any we know this. Virtually anybody for any reason died. If they had tested positive for COVID, they called it a COVID death. They could have died of cancer. They could have died of a heart attack. They could have got hit by a car, like we just saw in that in that other example, and they would call it COVID death. When did that switch turn off though for you to hit the streets, man? Because you hit the streets hard. You were you were the voice of the city, it seemed as if. And you it was, were out there not giving a fuck. And then, you know what? That's something we need more in this country. I want to. I want you to explain how or when did that start? When did you go? You know what? I'm hitting the streets, right, man. Right in March, and it was at the end of March. Uh, my wife showed me a online flyer for a protest, and I laughed at first. I'm like, protest? What is? What is? I'm like, I'm not political. I don't protest. I don't care about any of this. And she's like, well, you know, they're gonna lock us down. You know, everything's gonna happen. So you might as well go and tell people. So we went out there and it was a fringe minority at that point. And it was people with weird haircuts and bad signs and CBC showed up. Cause of course the mainstream media will show up when there's five people, but they won't show up if there's 50,000 of us. Of course. And they started trying to paint the narrative that we were like a fringe movement, a disorganized disheveled, which we were, nobody knew each other. And I got pissed and I just grabbed the camera and put it on myself. And I just went on a quick rant cause I was just upset and not realizing everybody around me was listening. And at that point, someone came up to me and said, wow, you sound like you know what you're talking about. You should really speak out. And I was like, no, because I already foresaw in the future. I'm like, they're going to come after me and come after my business. They're going to come after my family. They're going to arrest me a whole bunch of times. They're going to make me look like whatever they want in the media. And I really don't need that kind of hassle. My life is pretty freaking fantastic at, the, at that point. So I said no. And I had all these little old ladies and stuff giving me these sad looks. And then my wife is the one that pushed me to do it and said, you know what you're talking about. People listen to you. And if you don't help people when you know you can, she's like, not only are you going to feel bad, she's like, everything that happens is going to be your fault. So she literally put the fate of the country on my shoulders at that point. And so I felt kind of, I felt kind of obligated. So I grabbed a megaphone and I started speaking and I realized that people listened to every single word i said like they're in a friggin' trance everyone would just stop what they're doing and listen to me and i realized they're listening to me because all i was doing was telling people the truth and you and made sense people, you made yes, sense sometimes made when sense. people make sense it resonates quick and that's why the people that fall for the cnn and fox and msnbc the psyops and the agendas they run those people are wearing double masks and getting four jabs obviously but the people that are in the middle or the people that are already awakened they need a voice in their mind because they're used to it their whole lives man someone to speak up for the people and in toronto it's been a long time you know and and trudeau trudeau and obviously as you know in this country trudeau is looked at as a just a slime bag piece of shit. i have people personally like oh you got chris guy coming on make sure you bring that motherfucker up so you know for the next maybe 10 minutes before we have because i want to get super super rock and dirty with chris guy we're gonna get into a lot of topics guys um but i, I want to kind of dig into trudeau real quick and the impact he's had on you um and you know what i mean by that in the sense of it's 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 a fuck him um step aside i'm coming for you down the road type of vibe because i know if you met face to face with him i, I don't know how that would go chris <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be too happy, but I would definitely keep myself under control. But I can tell you the same thing. I've, I've gone all over the world. And the number one thing I hear from everybody is F Trudeau. In fact, the F Trudeau flag is the number one selling flag on Amazon in the entire world. And there's a reason for that. He is universally despised because everybody can see right through his haircut and his fake smile, and everybody knows that he's literally a puppet with a hand up his ass, moving his lips, or he wouldn't even be able to say a word. Now, he whose is hand? A, the worst leader Canada has ever had, even worse than his father, and that's saying something. 
Oh, that is saying something. That guy was a piece of sh- trash. Um, who Whose hand do you think? I know that, you know, at that point it becomes speculation, but this is a Hilbert effect. We speculate all the fucking time. And, you know, because I'm not out in Toronto ever, Canada ever. One day I do want to come out that way, but, um, you know, I don't know the, the buzz out there, the feel out there. In this country, you know, we have our our organizations that we feel these political people or these celebrities or these, you know, just, um, you know, influencers who the puppets uh masters are we always guess is it pretty similar in toronto all right do you guys well, have a guess of who's the yeah who the puppets are in all of in all our government it's all foreign influence whether it's coming from china or whether it's coming from the world economic forum or whether it's coming from the who all that matters is it's foreign influence that's designed against the best interests of the Canadians, or in your case, against the American. And that's all people need to know. It doesn't matter who the actual individual is. All you need to know is that these are external, international forces that are exerting power and control in your backyard against your own family's interests and against your children's future opportunities. Period. That's all people need to zone in on. And once people realize that and realize that the government has basically been hijacked and the government is not by the people for the people, but of a globalist entity for a globalist government, a one world government, a one world currency. And we saw that everyone that said everyone that said that was conspiracy theory. Well, we got a taste of it during the pandemic. The WHO set guidelines and they became new laws and they were literally implemented in lockstep. But I'll even use that special word all around the world instantaneously. And now they want to do it with a digital currency, which is probably the most dangerous aspect of all. You heard the World Economic Forum, and once again, talking about this just the other day. What's their favorite part of a digital currency? What's their favorite aspect that they could do that they couldn't do with anything else? I'm not sure. You tell us. They will make it expire. So once you're on your universal basic income, if you don't spend your digital currency on your rations and your whatever else you need within 30 days, Well, now they're just going to take it back for you for hoarding. So now they're going to make saving literally illegal and literally impossible. So it doesn't matter how hard you work. doesn't matter how many hours. doesn't matter how smart. doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. You are never going to be able to get ahead. You are never going to be able to create opportunity or abundance for yourself. You will be in a perpetual state of dependence and servitude to your global masters. That is what they are setting up. And once again, we got a taste of it during COVID. COVID set up people. People wanted to be led, but they got bosses. They didn't get leaders. Leaders would be on the front lines with you. Leaders would be fighting with you. Leaders would never ask you to do something that they wouldn't do themselves. And what did we get? We got bosses that told you to stay home, close your business, wear a mask, put a jab in yourself, close your gym and all the rest of it. Meanwhile, they didn't have to follow any of those rules. Why? And, fa- and fast food restaurants leader. are o- and fast food restaurants are open. No big deal. No, because yeah, it's about health. Wait, no, 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 wait, 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 because it's about health, Chris. Remember, it's about health. But the ba- but the main point I want people <laughs> to take away from that is: while your gym was closed, while you had to wear a mask, and your child, while you had quarantine, while you had travel restrictions, these people imposing those rules on you were exempted from all those rules. That tells you right there that it has nothing to do with your health and safety. This has everything to do with control and has everything to do with setting themselves up as the leaders and the rulers and you as the followers and the slaves. And every single policy that they are now putting forth under the guise of climate change is just another nail in your coffin to make you more servile and make you have less financial uh, independence, less mobility in general, and literally less life and less opportunity. Now the big deal is your so-called carbon footprint. There's going to be a massive propaganda campaign to try to convince people that you need to monitor this carbon footprint. You know, just, just monitor it for the good of the planet. Well, once you're stupid enough to allow them to monitor it, what do you think is going to happen next? They're going to set limits. And we know what those limits are because they already signed on to them in something called the Paris Climate Court Agreement. And they want your limit of CO2 usage to be two tons per year or 2,000 kilograms, knowing full well that the average person uses over 10 times more than that. 
So what is that going to mean? That's going to mean you're not going to be able to fly commercially anymore unless you pay a lot more money. It's going to mean you're not going to be able to drive a car anymore because you're not going to be able to afford it, number one. And more importantly, they are specifically designing the infrastructure to make sure you will not be able to have a car. And what do I mean by that? The 15-minute city. The 15-minute city is being implemented in every major metropolis in Canada, and now it's starting in the United States as well. It's already taken hold in Paris. It's already taken hold in uh, Oxford, England. And every model of the 15-minute city is modeled after the Paris version and the Oxford version. So what do we have? In the Paris version, under climate change, they have now banned every domestic flight in the country that could be done by a train in two and a half hours or less to fight climate change. So how many more flights do you think they're going to ban? You think it's going to get, they're going to allow more flights? Do you think they're just going to keep getting more and more restrictive and ban more and more flights? So they've already started banning commercial flights that could be done. Now in Oxford, England, they've already divided their 15 minute city into what they call districts. And every 15-minute city is doing this. Edmonton. Sounds like the Hunger Games to me. It is exactly like the Hunger Games, in fact. And that's why they're calling them districts. Because Edmonton has now been broken up into 15 15-minute city districts. And what's so special about these districts? Well, they'll tell you everything you need is within walking or biking distance. That's a euphemism for saying that you're going to be confined to around five square kilometers, just like you were with COVID. Remember on lockdown, you couldn't go more than five kilometers away from your house? Well, now they're going to design it so you're not going to go more than five kilometers away from your house. Well, how are they going to do that, everyone says? It's very simple. In 2019, while everybody was asleep, they declared a climate change emergency in, in North America, Canada, and the United States. In 2022, while we were still under lockdown for COVID, they put a new zoning bylaw in place that made every new construction project conform to the 15-minute city and climate change emergency doctrine. And the number one purpose of the 15-minute city is to lower the individual's carbon footprint. Now, the number one thing that each individual has uh, right now to have their big carbon footprint is a car. Nine out of 10 of us own a car. So in their plan... In their actual zoning bylaw, they state exactly what the World Economic Forum states, that private car ownership is wasteful and causing more harm than good. So they want to eliminate more than 75% of the private vehicle traffic on the roads. Of course, government will be exempt and they'll be able to drive. There'll still be taxis, Ubers, police officers, ambulances, and commercial vehicles. But all you peasants will no longer be allowed to drive. And everyone says, oh, yeah, well, how are they going to take away my car? Well, besides the fact that they're making carbon taxes like triple and quadruple, you're not going to be able to fill up the car, uh, the gas in your car. They've also mandated that all the new sales of electric cars have to be at least 25% of all the sales. That's by 2025. And by 2030, they want all new car sales to be electric. So if you cannot upgrade your car to electric, surprise, surprise, you're not going to be able to drive. But it's more than that. Now, every new development, construction-wise, is designed to make sure you never go more than five kilometers away from your house and designed so you will not have a car. What do I mean by that? Up until now, if there was a, a condo building and there's 500 condos in there, they usually have up to a thousand parking spots and they'll ask if you want one or they'll even sell you a second one and there'll be ample parking for everything else, including the surrounding infrastructure. Under the new 15-minute city climate change zoning bylaw, Every single building is now what they call a mixed-use building. So if you have a 60-floor building, the top 40 floors will be all residents, and then the middle floors will be all office space, and then the bottom floors will be all commercial retail. Now you go to the parking lot, and you'll see for like 400 residences, 200 offices, and a bunch of retail space, almost 800 total units, they'll have something like 200 car parking. Not even enough for one quarter of the building. And in some cases, I saw buildings with up to 500 residences with only one parking for one vehicle, which is obviously an emergency vehicle. And the rest was all bicycle parking. So more and more condos are being built with less underground parking. Before, you had to have a minimum amount of parking for the building, for the infrastructure, and for future expansion. 
Now you have a maximum amount of parking and they encourage even less and less because if you build every new building and there's no parking for it, how are you going to own a car? If you can only afford to buy in the building that doesn't have car parking, which is going to be every building pretty soon, besides the ones that were built before 29, uh, 2022 and haven't been demolished yet, well, where are you going to put your car? Answer, you're not going to have one. It's that simple. And this what are you going to do? Now, you're going to park now, it somewhere else from now, where you live? You're going to find a special car parking spot that's like a mile away from where you live and walk there every day to use your car and pay thousands of dollars a month to park your car? No, you're this just is not exactly, going to have one. This is exactly what you're trying to change for Toronto, and you're trying to set the tone for other people. Are there other people in Canada like yourself um, that are fighting in the political system um, in different cities, maybe different regions of Canada that you are aware of, or even in Toronto? Are there, is there anyone? I know there's no one like you, right? But is there anyone like that in a sense of, of actual course. change and actual of raw course. raw truth? Of course, there's lots of freedom fighters out there. There's lots of people that grew up in the private sector. There's lots of people at the municipal level that would do exactly what I want to do. And me running for mayor, I brought these topics to the forefront of the conversation. They never wanted to talk about 15-minute cities. The Toronto Star, the biggest newspaper in the country, set, had a headline. 15-minute cities should be the biggest topic of discussion for the election as it has the largest impact on Toronto's lives. But it won't be. That was their headline. They were literally mocking people, letting them know that this is super important, but we know you're too stupid to talk about it. Well, sure enough, I wasn't. And I made it, I made it the number one topic of discussion for the election, as well as the agenda that's targeting children. And we need to talk about that. Because yes. now, let, hey, you know, hey, whoa, 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 skirt. We're going to go over the rock fin, guys. It's going to get extremely dirty. I will see you there. Thank you for supporting me, guys. Head over there now. All right, YouTube, bye. Welcome back to the Hitler Fed, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're just coming over from YouTube, thanks for the support. If you've already been on Rockfin, then let's rock. Chris, this trafficking shit, it's gone out of hand for since I've even known about it. And this was many, many years ago. And I think we've all known about it, and even as teens, right? Like the back of our head, we know that that somehow exists in the world, but we stay away from that rabbit hole. We try to avoid it. Now it's something you can't avoid. It's been many years now that we cannot avoid this topic. Um, and at, at minimum, I want your opinion on all this stuff going on right now, especially with Mark Wahlberg and a little bit of stuff going on with Oprah, a little bit of stuff going on. Uh, you know, you got Mel Gibson putting his stuff out there. Um, but at least people are talking about it, no? Well, they are. And now people are acknowledging that child sex trafficking is the number one industry yes your children and sexualizing and abusing them is a product they are now the number one product in the entire world let me say that again your children being kidnapped being sexually abused and being ritualistically murdered and harvested even for organs and other things which they then sell on the black market and put in people like david rockefeller are the number one product in the world bigger than drugs bigger than coca-cola bigger than anything you can imagine and why because it's valuable your children have value you don't even realize that that's why you allowed them to be masked up that's why you allow them to go to these schools when they allow drag queens to perform for them because you don't value your children but these elites they value your children and they're coming for your children and hollywood Disney, et cetera, have always been the number one child grooming agents in the entire world. And people have known this for decades, but because the judges are just as pedophilic as the people running the show and the lawyers and the cops are all dirty and all involved and either pedophiles are paid off with lots of money, this has been swept under the rug. It's well known that Oprah is one of the biggest child sex traffickers in the world. Yes. She literally served up young girls to the Weinsteins in Hollywood for decades. She literally started entire schools in other countries that did ritualistic abuse and child sex trafficking. And then she just threw up her arms and said, sorry. And now her 
guru, her, set, her, her spiritual healer, they call him, just got arrested for 99 years for raping and molesting little girls. So these are the people that are running Hollywood. We had to go through the matrix to realize we were in the matrix and then enable ourselves to unplug and stay unplugged and teach others how to unplug. That's how I feel because but now you're speaking of the minority. You're only speaking of the people that understand what the hell's going on. There's yeah, still the people completely oblivious. Oh, I know. I know. And that's why and you're doing Disney. what that's why you're doing what you're doing in Toronto, because <laughs> that's a fact. Um, you know, the the uh, the audience is growing in terms of truth seeking and just confusion overall. A lot of people are confused the last three years for great measure. Um, I, I made a film called Fluva 19 and I uh, talked to a lot of people involved that we got this to this film together. I just think it was the flu, Chris. I really do. Uh, I did extensive research on kind of them, the system itself, just hijacking influenza. And knowing that the PCR test only tests for influenza to begin with, it's an original, all the PCR tests that every stupid person took or stupid person got once a, once a week for work or once a day for work, I hear sometimes in California, at least. So the people that are taking a PCR test since day one, they don't even know that that test is the original test. The inventor already said it makes a whole lot of nothing into something. It doesn't really tell you if you're sick or not sick. This is the inventor of the PCR test stating this, and they never changed it, but yet it's supposed to test for something new called COVID-19 that everybody swears, even some truthers swear, oh, this one's a new one though. This was real. This is, it's a new one and they, and something happened, a bat or a leak or this or that. What do you think? Because there's only three choices really. And it came from a bat, uh, uh, um, you know, it leaked from a lab or, or, you know, whatever they say with, whole, with that whole thing, or it was the flu and the car accident and cancer and it was strokes and it was everything in the world to cover their ass in terms of um getting audited because if they just marked everything covid their audits would turn out okay i guess right i mean what's your thoughts on really the grant we're gonna go right back into the traffic i didn't want to change the subject but we kind of just somehow emerged that way but we're gonna get back to that guys but i want your opinion on that because everybody's different and you're entitled to your opinion on that, um, obviously. Well, but I don't like I don't like to speak in opinion. And all three of those, you, you, like you said, you could choose one of those three scenarios, or you can just choose the fact of the matter that no matter what the scenario was, they manufactured a fake narrative of a deadly virus that wasn't deadly, and they took advantage of the situation to impose mandates and restrictions that people would otherwise have not ever agreed to and then we know no matter what the cause of death was they made it say it was COVID. so that's all people need to realize this a it test doesn't thing? matter what the real cause was all they need to know is there was not a deadly virus out there that was killing everybody you definitely didn't need to wear a mask you definitely definitely didn't need to take a shot let alone seven shots and closing your business and doing all the rest of the stuff the government told you to do was not in your best interest and in fact if you did what I did, which was the exact opposite of everything the government told you to do, and instead did what you know to be right and what you know to be the best maneuver for your own family and your own family's future, well, you would have fared much better than listening to the government. And that's the that's the real mantra people need to realize, that if you listen to the government, you're never going to get the result you want. You're going to get the result the government wants for you. And if you believe the government wants better for your own family than you do, well, then you're pretty fucking stupid because nobody wants better for your family than you do, especially not the government that only cares about their own power and control. What is the government's number one priority? If you look at any government's uh, playbook, breaking apart the, the family, to me, it's tearing apart. the no, family. But what is their number one priority oh. as a government for themselves? And in general, oh, what is uh, uh, control, the control, power, control, um, continuity and of government, no matter the scenario, even in war, even in alien invasion, even in total financial collapse, the number one priority for every government is continuity of government. So as your government gets more corrupt, more tyrannical and more criminal, that's why they have to keep creating more and more control mechanisms of the people to try to keep their power and keep themselves in place. And that's why you guys in the United States, and I always have to remind you of this, are so absolutely blessed to have something called the Constitution. 
because it gives you so much more power than any other people in the world. I literally cried over the Constitution during COVID because our Charter of Rights is like a piece of friggin' toilet paper compared to that. You guys have so many freedoms that so many Americans were taking for granted. And if we had that document here, if I had that document underneath me as I was fighting these bastards, I would have felt like Superman on steroids. Well, we had a lot. Listen, Chris, Chris, we had a lot of Superman in this country, though. We had, you know, just 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 saying we had a lot of people that did similar approaches to what you're doing and were very vocal. I'm not saying you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I know. I know. I'm just I'm just kind of putting it out there. Americans took for granted their constitution and the power it gave them. Of course, there's always going to be the brave that stand up. I'm with you, man. It should have been more. It should have been more. This should have been turned around in America. And I was screaming this, but, I, you know, man, I'm not the assassin type, but I know a lot of them and they were still kind of just sitting around. It's like, man, like, let's do Let's figure something out and do something. And it seems like the for me, I always go back to the influence of movies and TV shows that everybody has. They literally think that getting together and going into a state office or something governmental is going to get them prison time and all this stuff. Not in America, it's not. But people still stay home because they're scared. They're scared either way. Even a truther's like, I'm scared. I'm going to go to prison. It's, it's not worth it. It's not going to go anywhere. It's like, yes, well, it will. Look what happens when people like yourself and so many others, countless others I've seen, actually make a change. And, actually and change how do you make the change? How do you combat fear? What is stronger than fear? Love. Besides awareness uh, besides awareness and getting people angry, what I would is say stronger love. than fear? Thank say, you. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I created. Sorry, every time I smash the table, my <laughs> you're good. You're good. That's that's why I created something called United Non-Compliance, and it was to teach everybody how to just say no to our tyrannical government, but not on an individual scale, on a national and now soon to be an international scale. And when United Non-Compliance comes from love. The love of wanting to protect your family, your children, your fellow countrymen, your country in general, that it is more powerful than any of the fear based propaganda they can throw at you. And that is how I was able to not only wake up, because it's one thing to wake people up. Once you're awake, it doesn't mean you're going to do anything about it. And in fact, the government's got a perfect plan for the people that wake up. They've tried to make you go back into a negative state of mind. Because just because you're awake, as long as they make you feel hopeless, despair, inevitably like you're going to lose, you're going to sit down and you're physically not going to do anything about it. And you're simply and you're and you're spiritually not going to be able to connect with other positive people who are coming together and doing something about it. So you have to throw off the negativity. You have to you have to use love to not only wake people up, but then inspire them for phase two, which is taking action. And we did that. We woke up the world between 2020 and 2021. And in 2021 and 2022, we took action in every which way. We had the trucker convoy. You guys had massive protests in the States. We had the farmers movements in uh, Netherlands and we got rid of the mandates. So yeah, and we had showed- some pretty, we had some pretty big films out here too, that really turned a lot of heads. Um, we had some, yeah, like you said, protests, um, you know what? A lot of people were fucking with city council and, and locally. I think that's another thing. I don't know how it was in Canada, but in America, I do give credit to them because people like Justin Harvey, We Are Change, um, even Alex Stein, especially in the beginning stages, at least. I mean, they were making actual impact in turning normal folk, normal people's heads Normal, you know, regular people that are just in the middle. They don't know they're confused. They'll see something like that. They'll see that. What do you call it? Culture jamming. So they'll culture jam. So we we had like different angles in America to weigh people up. But to be honest, man, I was super shocked it took that fucking long. And that people are still outside California here walking their dog alone with the mask on. And when I still see that today, I think that we failed. But not really, because when I go to LAX... That's usually the place that it was always 99.99999% um, same as survival rate of people wearing masks, even after they said, fail, bro. but not we anymore. I'm fail. saying no, but not anymore. LAX, it's like 98% no mask. So for me, even in a state like California, I go, wait a minute. 
are we winning this war? Can we win this war? Can we let, like, just everybody ignore them. That's what I always preach. Like, just ignore them. Shut them off. Shut the TVs off. Shut all of it off. Is that bad advice, Chris? No, if you just ignore them and do what you want to do and do what you know is right, that's that's all you got to do. If everybody stopped watching the TV, there would have been no COVID pandemic. That's they true. wouldn't have seen all these fake death numbers because the hospitals and stuff are empty. Your your relatives weren't dropping dead one after the other beside you. They're all at the dinner table watching the news and scared with you. So, like, if the news wasn't on and we didn't have government propaganda, you were exactly right. But now we're at the point where we did win, but nothing has really changed. They're ready to do it all again, and they're doing the exact same things with climate change that they were doing with COVID. So we need to move forward with phase three of United Noncompliance, which is holding these people accountable. And that's what I've been trying to do. That's why we're actually launching an election lawsuit next week, because we all know the election uh, that I was just participating. Yeah, let's 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 get into that real quick. Uh, oh, it looks like you, you're muted. It looks like you're muted first. I don't know. Okay, you back? Are you back? I can't hear you. About the election. I can hear you. Hold on. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can, I can hear you. That was super. That's the first time for me, man. Every time I mention the election fraud, I get either kicked off the show or I get muted. Well, I they swear can, they can kiss my fucking ass. Talk about that shit again. They're not shutting this shit down. So in Canada, everybody knows that I ran in the election and they said I got something like or measly 8,000 votes. We have massive amounts of evidence, including affidavits from government contractors that are coming in under the Whistleblower Act to be protected. And we are filing two lawsuits next week, one to contest the results and the validity of the election and one to place an injunction against Olivia Chow to being able to take over as mayor until these results have been properly thoroughly vetted and contested in court. So we're going to be putting forth a challenge sometime next week. I'm meeting with a lawyer on Monday through Zoom because I'm all the way in Mexico. But we expect that this lawsuit's going to gain traction and move forward. And I want to start talking about this all around the world because we've seen the exact same type of voter fraud in the U.S., in Australia, in Canada, and other places around the world. They're using the exact same methods. They're using the exact, the different companies, same exact methods. And there's multiple methods where they're using voter fraud. Uh, I don't want to say which or what they all are because we don't want to let them know what we got for them. Of course. But this yeah. is just another way we're going to be holding these people accountable. I have also two separate lawsuits pending against the police, one in Alberta against the RCMP with two separate complaints against the same officer. And he tried to have me charged and my wife uh, to stop the complaints from going through because if you have a charge, your complaint can't happen until the charge gets tossed. Yeah. Well, guess what? I talked to the Crown myself, and I made them drop the charges. So there's no more charges. So those complaints are going through. And in Ontario, while I was running for mayor, I was literally assaulted with a weapon by a police officer on camera. So I put the complaint in to charge him with assault with a weapon, as well as his superior with electoral interference for trying to sabotage one of my events. Of course, the complaint actually got through and I got a call from the head investigator uh, from the what they call the OIPIRD, which is the one that investigate police. And sure enough, guess what they did? They sent me a charge in the mail two weeks later to <laughs> circumvent the investigation against themselves. So now I have, if anyone's paying attention, 27 arrests and 73 separate charges and so far beaten 72 charges have zero convictions and i just have the one charge to beat that they just threw on me which i'm going to beat so that puts me in the history of canada i'm in the record books because nobody else has been charged with that many amount of crimes and has still no criminal record so it means i'm either the luckiest man in canada or i'm the one most targeted by the government so you think it's something where they're like no clear them Clear them. Do, do you think that someone, do you think there's someone good in government that has your back, but you don't even know it? A lot of people in government and in law enforcement that have my back a million percent because uh, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be able, be able to do what I've done today. There's a lot of corruption and there's a lot of cronies willing to do the dirty work. But when it comes down to it, there's still a lot of good people. If I didn't think so, I wouldn't be coming back from Mexico. I'd just stay here because it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic here. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've been there a few times. And uh, when I was, I was uh, what, Puerto Morelos last. Uh, that's south of Cancun, a little island over there. It's, there's yep. parts that, yeah, as you know, there's parts of Mexico that are just like, why would I go back home? <laughs> 
But hey, exactly. you went back home because you give a shit, and um, you're that's really the only reason. Everybody tells me the same thing. They're like, "Why do you keep fighting? Like, why don't you just move to Mexico and chill out on the beach and have like a good life?" It's like, because how the hell could I live with myself knowing that I let everybody down? Like, when I walk around in 2035 and I see a 10 year old kid living in a 15 minute city, riding around on a scooter because they're never going to have a car and they're never going to own anything. I'm going to feel like the biggest failure in the history of the world. I wouldn't even be able to live with myself. You could give me a billion dollars today and I still wouldn't be able to run. I'd use that billion dollars to fight these assholes. It's that simple to the day I die. I think there's so many of us that if we each had a billion dollars, we'd have so many ways in our head to, to collapse this system. What can we do? I mean, you're, you're living proof of what to do in the system to take it down, go within it and run it yourself, right? That's a good way to do it. Outside, outside of your approach, which is not a normal approach for most people to go run, um, and we don't, I don't even know where to start with that. I, I respect that you got to this point, but what do you suggest people do to take our world back besides the obvious, like stop consenting to this fucking garbage? What can people actually do to, to eradicate this, this bullshit? Because they're don't setting us besides, up for some, man. Don't say besides stop consenting because every man, woman, and child has the power to not consent. And that's what they need to, they need to exercise that power. Number one, first and foremost. So we can't overlook that civil disobedience to what we know to be wrong is paramount in a free society. So every man, woman, and child have the responsibility to not follow along if they know that that's wrong. Now going beyond that, every individual has their own power. My power is the power of speech. I can communicate. I can articulate. I can explain. I can connect with people. But I don't connect with everybody. Some people despise the way I look, the way I talk. Meanwhile, the guy beside me write, write a folk song on his guitar, and it reaches all the people that I did it. Or the guy on my other side might write a poem and it reaches all the people that I didn't. Or the woman beside me tells a story of how her husband got a vaccine injury and that reaches all the people I didn't. Everybody has a weapon. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a talent. Or you have resources. You might be a business owner that can supply something someone needs. You might have finances that you can help sponsor certain certain things. Or you just might be a networker. You might know a million people. So you can tell everybody what's going on. Everybody has value. Everybody has a use. It's up to you to figure out how you can be most effective, how you can be most useful, how you can be most potent of a weapon against this system and protect your loved ones, protect your country, protect your family. And that's every individual's journey. It's to find your purpose. And that's what they don't want you to know. They want you to be stuck in this rat race and they want you to be so terrified of everything that you literally just sit there and wait to be told what to do every single day, even against your own best interest. And we need people to stop being nice and to start being good. That's the number one thing. Everybody wants to be nice. Nice comes from the Latin for naive. That means you're ignorant and easy to take advantage of. Of course, the government wants you to be nice. I want you to be good. What's the difference? A nice person's going to wear the mask and make an excuse. Oh, I'm wearing it to protect you. A good person's going to realize that putting that mask on is not only detrimental to themselves, but it's detrimental to the children watching as detrimental to society in general. And no matter the pressure, no matter the threats, they're going to take that mask off and they're going to say no. Because I am a good man. And as we know, all evil needs to succeed is for good men to do nothing. And nice men, the only thing they'll do is make an excuse for why they're doing nothing. And we don't need any more nice people. We need good people, good men, good women standing up for the country. My phone's about to die, brother. I love you, but I'm going to have to let you go. No worries. Uh, <laughs> hope we got well, a lot covered. We're gonna, I'm planning a world tour. Uh, you see my email there, that email, if people want to get a hold of me to figure out where I'm going and figure out how to support me, because we're going to need support for this. I'm planning on being gone for a total of three months all over the world, different countries with one purpose to unite the people together with a much tighter network than we've had in previous years and bring about not just awareness, not just inspiration, but collaboration of resources, ideas, and manpower 
to exponentially increase our potency and reach across this great world. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank God you, bless Chris. America. I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll talk soon, brother. Thanks for doing 100%. what you're doing. Yeah, Cheers. thank you, man. Thank I love you. you, everyone. All right. And have fun, guys. Chris Scott, next man off the window. Hello, everybody. Sorry, I have a way bigger smile than normal today. <laughs> I've never done anything like this. A lot of people are coming up to me and they said, Oh, I've never been to anything like this. Well, neither have I. I've never ran for election in my life. Why? Because I hate politics and I hate politicians. In fact, at 39 years old, I'm proud to say that I've never voted for anyone in my life. How many, yeah, I, I'm serious, I haven't. And why haven't I? And why haven't most of us? Why in the last election for mayor did only 29% of the eligible voters actually cast their ballot? The answer is simple. They know exactly. None of the people running represented your interests. None of the people running would have made a tangible, positive difference in your life. Absolutely. So the vast majority of people aren't going to get off their ass and go to a polling station and vote for someone who's not going to do anything for them. And they use that strategy for decades to keep you on the couch, to keep you apathetic, to keep you out of the decision-making process. And what has happened every single year? The government has grown in scope and power. And the citizens' rights and freedoms have dwindled. Their financial stability has gotten worse. The city gets more expensive every single year. And it's because the vast majority of people are disenfranchised from the system. They don't get involved. They don't care. And it's designed that way on purpose. They want to get those same 29% of people, and those are the people that you see watching TV like this every day. They want those people to get out and go and vote for the three or four people that they put on TV every day. They don't want the 70% of people that don't watch TV and read, the, and read the alternative news to get up and vote. And definitely not for somebody like me. And why is that? Because I represent change. Real change. And what kind of change are we talking about? First of all, we're talking about taking deficits and changing them into surpluses. We're talking about taking politicians and turning them into public servants. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is a big difference. Politicians are there to form a consensus. Politicians are there to serve their own interests or the interests of their party. Public servants are there to represent the people. That's right. And that's what I'm here to do. And in fact, I've been doing it the last three years. My track record speaks for itself. I was a few minutes late to get here, you know why? I was talking to my lawyer again. Why? Because I'm facing over 70 charges. You'll hear in the news all the time, oh, he got arrested for uttering death threats. What they won't tell you is I got found not guilty of those charges, so why are you even mentioning them? And today I just found out I beat another four charges. I'm up to 69 charges beaten by the government because I've been fighting for you. I wasn't getting arrested because of myself. I was getting arrested because I was fighting for your families and your children. And while these other politicians make these cute videos and make these wonderful little sound bites and tell you all how they're gonna help you and tell you all how they're gonna change your lives for the better and how they're gonna do more talk and, or more action and less talking, what did they do for you in the last three years? Every single one of them, what did they do? They got a raise. They gave themselves multiple raises. That's fantastic. While they closed down your businesses, while they put masks on your children, when they forced a jab in your arm, and then these people are telling you that they're about family, they're about togetherness, when they were responsible for the destruction of families for the last three years, these people have the audacity to come and present themselves as someone who's gonna do good for you? When for the last three years they did everything they could to impoverish you? No, and I will not let that stand. And I'm going to get in those debates. I also found out another thing today. Everybody's talking about these robocalls that are going out and saying, oh, I didn't hear you as a, a candidate. And that's what I've been hearing the last week. Well, for the first time today, 
somebody called me and said, you were on the robocall list as yeah, a legitimate candidate for mayor. Yeah. Our first goal, our first goal was to open this office and we did it. And look how many people are here. You cannot even fit all the people in here. They're all outside waiting to get that wonderful food from Elite Music. <laughs> and I don't blame them, I want one too. But we achieved our first goal. We opened our office, we have our team in place. And if you think I'm special, which you might, realize that every single member of my team is just as special as I am in their respective fields. I have put together an all-star cast of the best of the best from around the country. And I didn't have to throw money at them. I didn't have to make false promises. They came to me. They came to me because they see what you see. They see someone they can believe in, someone that will fight for them, someone that will win. Yeah. And when I win, I will continue to lead by example. I will continue to be reachable by the public. My phone number's on my friggin' campaign signs. You can call me anytime. So if anybody has any question, if my voice is gonna be heard, all you gotta do is call me. It's that simple. It should be that simple. And that's what I'm gonna do with government. I'm gonna make things simple again. I'm gonna make things efficient again. We're gonna tackle the waste and corruption that is the core of all the other problems in this city. And when we do, I will also bring in billions of revenue from outside of the city with public and private partnerships so we can deal with the massive deficit that they've already projected over the next three years. I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually went over the budgets department by department, looked at the shortfalls, looked at the projected shortfalls for the next three years, and they're already telling you they're gonna, they're gonna be at least 1.5 billion in the hole the next three years. And that's their projection. We know their projections are full of crap, and we know they're gonna be way worse than that. So we can do what we've done for the last 30 years, and we can vote for one of those idiots, or you can not vote at all, like you have been, and we'll get more of the same. We'll get more of these lockdowns, more 15-minute city-style legislation, more soji for your children, or we can vote for change. And we can vote for Christian Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Please get a sandwich. Please get some ice cream. And do not be shy. Come and talk to me. Ask me anything you want. I challenge you because I have nothing to hide and all I want to do is talk to you and learn how I can help you. Thank you very much.